This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Bow, bow, bow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along. It's Tuesday. That means it's the mailbag delve and probably some other stuff as well. Actually, before we get to the mailbag delve, Sam, we're recording this Monday afternoon because, you know, fucking we do whatever we want, don't we? Yeah. We're fucking hell to any timetables or anything. No. I've just seen something in this election campaign which has just blown my fucking mind. I don't know if you've seen this or not. This has just happened about an hour ago. Boris Johnson's been interviewed by a local uh, news reporter, I think, in Lincoln or Grimsby, somewhere like that, for TV. And the the reporter has shown him on his phone, he's shown Johnson the picture that was circulating yesterday of a five-year-old boy with pneumonia who's lying on a pile of coats in a Leeds hospital Mm. because there's no beds. And this poor little kid, he's curled up and he's he's on some courts with a blanket on him and all this sort of thing. Uh, and the reporter's shown this to Johnson. He's shown him the photograph on his phone to try and elicit some kind of response. Johnson yeah. refuses to look at the picture because it's not on his agenda. You know, he, instead yeah. he gives some waffle about investing in the NHS and all this, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That he sticks to his script. And then Johnson takes the phone out of the reporter's hand and puts it in his pocket. <laughs> it's fucking incredible and then, i love it and then the, the reporter like carries out and he has to say look um you've taken my phone and johnson kind of like goes at the end of the interview goes oh yeah sorry about that but i, I and hands him the phone back <laughs> he didn't want to have to address the situation that he's got in front of him so he's I'll just fucking have that i'll Thanks just very fucking much. take that yeah yeah give it here what? Why? It's going in my pocket, son. I'm the prime I've had minister. enough of it. I don't want to have to look at it anymore. <laughs> and I that watched it again. I watched it twice, and I thought, no, something's not right here. There's, there's some obviously there's an explanation for why the prime minister's taken, stolen, if you like, this yeah. journalist's phone and put it in his pocket. No, he just fucking did it. I love that. Well, he is subject to the laws of the land, theoretically, but I've got uh, I've got to say, I'm not a fan of Boris Johnson. He's a despicable human, in my opinion, but I've got to admire but, yeah. that as a move. I've got to admire it. Yeah. It's a good move. Taking yeah, someone's it's... phone, when someone's showing you something that is just, like, annoying you, take it off them. Yeah. I'll have I that. Know. Well, it's, it's that kind of it's that entitlement, isn't it? But I'm the Prime Minister. I'm taking that. I don't like what you're saying to me. I'm going to cut you off at the source. You know once. I mean, he could have just... Eventually, what he'll do is he'll be questioned by someone about something that he doesn't like and mm. he'll just put his hand over their mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe just try and snuff the life out of them. The thing about campaigning and, uh, is, as you'll know, because you've probably read my book, Mad Men and Bad Men, about the history of political campaigning in this country. Uh, um, I is, haven't is got that around to it yet. It's on the pile. The only way you either side can do it effectively... 
and both sides do it and you sort of have to do it even more so because of the way the media is now because it's so relentless and because really journalists are just in a most journalists and, and also punters on social media and all the rest of it mm. everyone is just on the hunt to trip you up that's all they want to do yeah and so it's no longer there is no longer any sense of serious debate okay. or conversation and everyone's not, complicit in that not just the politicians in fact the politicians would probably argue with a little justification that they've been forced into a situation where the only way you can navigate your way through the minefield of a campaign without someone basically fucking you over and creating a mm. big moment which comes to define that campaign for you usually a visual moment and that would have been a perfect one is to have a script and stick to it no matter what yeah because ultimately yeah. The, the only criticism you'll get for that is fleeting because people will be exasperated and go oh they just keep saying the same thing so yeah. he keeps going get brexit done get brexit done get brexit done people go oh so boring but really look at it and you think <laughs> yeah it is boring and it doesn't speak to you or i but you know, whether it be Boris Johnson, Jeremy Corbyn or any other cunt involved in politics, that's their only option. And so yeah. some and, and as part of that, if someone comes up to you with something a little bit out of the blue, like a fucking image on a phone. Right. And that's not part of the script. Your only option, really, if you're really doing your job properly, as your campaign overlords <laughs> have told you to, <laughs> is to snatch the phone from him. That there yeah. is what I call pure political campaigning. It is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's golden campaigning. It's just gold. It's just like, it's, cam- yeah. it's political campaigning in its purest form. Someone's trying to trip <laughs> you up. Because let's be sure as well, right? And again, I'm only trying to take the the, the opposing point of view because, I, you know, I'm, I don't like Boris Johnson. I don't want to... You know, people will know we're not... We don't have a political agenda on Top Flight Time Machine, but we don't want the Tories re-elected, right? Because no, they are... A cancer on our society, right? I think. I think as well. I think as well. I'd, I'd like to say at this point, our our message before the election on Thursday is: vote for whoever you want, but primarily vote to get the Tories out. And also, it's like Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Banterbury, said to me: "Our new mate, don't fear love. Mm. If you take fear yeah. out of everything, and you're guided only by your sense of love and yeah. your sense of community, right?" And mm-hmm. your sense of hope, then you will do the right thing. For but humanity, if you're guided only yeah. by those, the, the 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 essence of what the best things that make you human, yeah, you won't vote conservative. You won't do it. You can't. You'll well, only you'll um, only vote conservative if if you allow fear to guide you. You have to. You we have to actively vote to get them out mm. to get rid of them you've got to look at who your second choice is if, if you're yeah, in a you Tory have to vote seat, tactically look it up you've got to be tactical because we, we, these these cunts oh. these absolute oh. cunts need to be yeah. fucking removed because like I say we're not society. political we're impartial no no anyway we're no. completely impartial the campaigning uh, technique I can't quite remember what I was going to say but you know <laughs> all anyone wants to do that whoever showed him that picture <laughs> a, a, what a journalist wants and I tell you what I know as a journalist because I've fucking done it myself a million times I'll be honest right you want a line that's all you're sent out for you want and I'm not talking about the iron filings you want a line you want a story whether you mm. like the politician or you don't is neither here nor there nowadays the pressure is get something that will define the news the, the news headlines that day right mm. and that could be anything it just has to be unusual and surprising 
And so the best way to do that is to try and trip them up with something they weren't expecting. So they might make a fool of themselves or accidentally go off script. And after that, your job mm-hmm. as a journalist is done. But really, journalism wasn't really ever about that. It's because of the internet and because of the decline of the media. So everyone wants to cut through all the noise. So they just want to do something surprising. What they don't want to do is go, right, we are going to sit down and make a conscious, serious and intelligent effort to dig down and find some truth and argue about the rights and wrongs of a particular issue. That's no longer anyone's agenda. And I'll hold my hands up and say, I've interviewed countless politicians and I've gone into the room thinking, how can I get something out of this fella? How can I stitch this cunt up? I wouldn't go that far, although I have done that. Obviously, I mean, my Nigel Farage stunt is a famous example. And there's various politicians, mainly UKIP politicians, who I have actively stitched up successfully in every case. But on the whole, I'm not thinking of a stitch up, but I am thinking, I wonder, I mean, I interviewed Jeremy Corbyn a couple of years ago and I was thinking, how can I get Jeremy Corbyn to say something like that's going to gra- grab some people's attention? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which isn't necessarily but, the best instinct to follow, but it's one that I have followed. But but this this thing with, with Johnson and Adair, though, I mean, his campaign team must have said to him, this picture has gone viral, it's going to probably come up at some point today it's it's what everyone's looking at so you know have some kind of response ready and it would be easy for him to kind of just say you know look at the picture and go this isn't good enough this is something we need to improve on drastically and that's what i pledged to do Mm. and he could you know kill it off there and then Mm. but no he hasn't he's refused to look at the picture and then he's took the phone and he's put it in his pocket because he's a pure campaigner what you're suggesting (laughs) is a compromise but he won't compromise. He's got his no. lines and he's sticking to it. And that wasn't part of the script. So the phone's going in the pocket. Incidentally, yeah. it brought to mind, I haven't talked about Matthew Judkins in a long time. No, it's been a while, hasn't the it? The top flight time machine purists, the real, yeah. like the ones who were there from the beginning, like the ones who were there at yeah. your early gigs, so to speak, right? They know that Matthew Judkins was a big part of our story. And I haven't talked about yeah. it in a while, but and I haven't thought about this before, but it reminded me of it. Because I was thinking, I'm sure I've done things like that before. And I remember at school, one day, Matthew Judkins had a... Makes it sound like I went to school in Victorian age, but he had a rubber ball <laughs> on the end of a piece of elastic. Uh, Ooh, and on the other, and on the Yeah, exactly. And on the other end of a bit of elastic, there's a plastic ring. So I don't know if you're familiar with this, but you'd put the ring around your finger and then you could sort of fling the rubber ball... Yeah. small, hard rubber ball, like one of those bouncy balls, you could fling yeah. it and it would spring back into your It'd hand on back, the elastic. Catch it, yeah. So yeah. what he was going around doing was trying to, you know that thing where you raise your hand to someone to make them flinch, but then you just make like you were going to s- slip back your hair. It's a classic yeah. bullying, teen, like school school playground bullying yeah. technique. You know that, right? Like, yeah, I do, yeah. Go, I've, I've been go. on the receiving end of that many times. Then yeah. you go, why are you shitting it? Why are you shitting him? Why are you shitting yourself? Well, you're going to cry. Why are you shitting yourself? I'm only stroking my hair. Shitting it. Right. Why are you bricking it? Don't brick it. And he was doing that technique, but with the rubber ball. So it was a lot. It was much more of a a vulgar, like a less subtle Mm. form of bullying. And he was going up and he was flinging the ball, but he he was doing it in a skilled way. So it would only stop like a centimeter almost from your face before springing back. And here we go. Whoa. He's doing it to everyone. Oh, why are you shitting it? Why are you shitting it? The answer to which, of course, was the reason I'm shitting it, as you put it, Judkins, is that you are flinging a rubber ball 
up my fucking face, right? And if you misjudge it by a matter of millimetres, I'm going to get hurt. So he kept flinging it. He was doing it to a few people. And he yeah. did it to me a few times. And it was really winding me up, right? And I thought, I'm not having this. Obviously. I will not, yeah. I will not be bullied. So, yeah. and he wasn't, I mean, in a way, this makes Judkins sound like a habitual bully, which he wasn't, but he could be a bit of an annoying twat, you know. Mm. But this day, that's what he was being. So I thought, fuck this. So what I did was, quick as a flash, as he <sighs> flung it at me, I fucking caught it, ninja style, bang! And it was in my fist, yeah. and I went, stop doing it. And he was like, give it back. I said, stop doing it. I said, get, uh, he yeah. said give it back. I let go. It, motherfucker. He, he did it again. Caught it. Do you know what I did? I what? pulled. I grabbed the ball and then I grabbed the elastic taut and I pulled. Yeah. I snapped it. Snapped the elastic. Snapped the ball off of the elastic. Whoa. And I, I said, mate, that's it. I warned you. Yeah. And he went, that's yeah. out of order. You've got to buy me another one. I went, no. I nah. warned you. That's it. Nah, it's, exactly. o- it's over. Right? Yeah. This was, I think, was it before or after the shit out of the tree? I think it was before. Maybe the shit yeah. out of the tree. Now I'm digging deeper and thinking maybe the shit out of the tree was like a an, a sort of an extra uh, revenge. Uh, or perhaps a cry for help because you'd, you'd broken him. Yeah, it might have been that. I'm saying I, I convinced him. It was my trick, wasn't it? The shit out of the tree, I tricked him. And he eventually got beaten yeah. up by those fifth years for the crime of shitting out of a tree. So, I don't know, but anyway, it reminds me a bit of that. In the end, you just—if someone's annoying you, something—you just got to take it off them. Mm. Do you think if Johnson had warned the reporter that he was going to take his phone off him if he didn't stop showing him the picture of the the child on the hospital <laughs> that floor, would have been really funny. That might have been better. <laughs> would have been really funny. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I said, we're recording this Monday afternoon. Who knows where we'll be by Tuesday morning when this goes out? Or we'll go out Monday evening to the to the IFS. You know, it might have all been completely forgotten about. Something else might have happened by oh, then. It will have done. I don't know. It will have done. It's just like, that's the thing. Things just fucking move. And as a, as a matter of fact, this shouldn't become the defining moment uh, or a defining moment of an election campaign anyway. Because there's loads <laughs> of fucking important shit. So a stunt that someone pulls on the Prime Minister when he's doing the rounds should not come to define it. I tell you, like a t- arguably a big turning point in British politics, right? You wind the clock right back to 2010, right? And it was Gordon Brown versus David Cameron. Now, look Mm -hmm. back now. Why the fuck would anyone have elected David Cameron? Who, as it transpired, turned out to be... It turned out to be the British electorate's worst ever mistake in modern times, right? Yeah. And the turning point of that, they were neck and neck. The turning point of it, because remember, it only... In the end, there was a hung parliament, and they only Mm -hmm. just fucking managed to scrape in by doing a deal with the Lib Dems. And a big turning point that people still talk about to this day is the point at which Gordon Brown, who wasn't a popular figure because he wasn't a natural communicator, no. he, he got that woman started uh, talking to him when he was out doing the rounds about immigrants, yeah. right? Exactly. And then he got in the car and was caught on microphone going, that bigoted woman. And that yeah. became the number one defining moment, right? of Mm -hmm. that fucking election. And there was a lot of people who weren't sure. They wanted to vote Labour because they didn't like Cameron. They knew he was a a posh boy and and had the look of a fucking psychopath, right? The dead-eyed look of a man lacking in any empathy. But with Gordon Brown, they thought, I don't know, he seems like a bit of a cunt, I'm not sure. And then when he said that, it had a huge effect on on a lot of people who were wavering because they thought, oh, it's just as we thought. These left-wing people are really judgy. 
and mm. they have disdain for ordinary people's legitimate concerns. And, yeah. and, 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 and that's why we're going to vote for the other side. We've had enough of them. They're sanctimonious. And you know what I've always thought? Fuck that woman. She was a bigot. Yeah, he should have doubled down on it. He should have to the nation. When they said, why did you call her a bigger? He said, because she fucking is one. Next question, yeah, dickheads. And he did. He went round her fucking house and apologised. Yeah, he got did forced he? into it. Right, yeah, And that was just the beginning that. of a world that we live in where you're forced to fucking apologise for being in the right. And people mm. call being in the right or, as I call it, being polite and kind to people, right? <laughs> it's labelled political correctness. It's not political correctness. It's just correctness. <laughs> Right, it's just kindness, it's fucking yeah. manners. Being a decent human, it's yeah. manners. It's about not fucking saying something cunty that you know. Yeah. Not going out and not not. If you can say something, if you can avoid saying something that might upset or offend someone, why wouldn't you avoid it? What's it fucking cost mm. you to avoid it? And, and when people say legitimate concerns, they were not legitimate concerns. It's not le- a legitimate racist. concern if you are fucking like believing made up headlines about there being an immigrant problem and the country being over full, right? When it's a fucking matter of record that only 4% of this country is even fucking built upon, right? It's one of the mm. least filled fucking countries in the Western world anyway. Not that I'm saying, oh yeah, fucking open. I'm just saying these are make-believe imagined problems based on your own prejudices and ignorance. And mm-hmm. you, if you want to fucking get involved in the debate, go off and fucking read some shit other than the Daily Mail and the Sun, Right. And if not, mm. be prepared for someone smarter and better informed than you to correctly call you a bigot. He should have called her a fucking bigot to her face, right? And everyone should have been less fucking worried about him calling her a bigot and voted for him. And then we wouldn't have had 10 years of austerity and we wouldn't be facing Brexit and there but, wouldn't be so many divisions in the country. Uh, Bang, uh, done. And it, and it <laughs> sort of, the lady sorts the problem. But that's where we're at. We're, we're, we're living in an era of a cultural war against progress of all kinds. Correct. Progress of thought, progress of, you know, um, culture. society, culture. Yeah, everything. These fucking thick cunts are being indulged. They're being like indulged. Babies. Yeah, exactly. Like fucking babies. I want to say under, that. I want to say that. the banner it's just of, of like people have got a sense of humor. Why can't I say that? Why can't I yeah. say it? Why can't what? I say it? These politically I, I, correct people, these liberals, these lefties, they're fucking... They're like fascists themselves. Why can't I say what I want to say? Mate, what do you want to say? I don't know. Something that might upset transgender people I, or blacks. I, I, well, I why do you want, want to... to say it? Rather than ask me why I don't want you to say it, ask yourself why you so badly want to say these things. Why it's become... I... Why you're prepared to die on that particular hill. Why? I just want to be able to call the Chinese take away the chinkies again like I used to. Exactly. That's what I want. It it's free speech. It doesn't. Why can't I say it? Exactly. But free speech, mate. And the cunt saying it as well, it's like, all right, you want free speech. Suddenly, the most important thing to you is free speech. It's the ability to say whatever the fuck you want, no matter what impact it might have on other people. And yet, where were you when you want to use your free speech to fucking stand up for what was right? You don't want to use your free speech. Of course, freedom of speech is important. But none of these people are ever the sort of people who want to use their free speech to stand up for what is right or for progress, right? These people, if you want to take, as an example, you know, a Piers Morgan or something, Piers Morgan has never once used his platform and his freedom of speech, which he rightly has, by the way, to bring about good. He he did once, actually, when he was in America, and he spoke out about guns. 
Yeah. And so actually, I, you know, I'm wrong there, but I'm just using him as a convenient example because he's like a figurehead for a lot of these people, right? But, yeah, but King when he could. was when he was doing it, when he was doing it there in America, and he got a lot of flack from Americans for that, right? And some of that was xenophobic. They said, "Oh, you're British. What's it got to do with you?" And he was using mm. his freedom of speech, right, um, for good. But now, so many people you hear fucking banging on about freedom of speech. If that's the most important thing to him, you go, "All right, have your freedom of speech. What are you going to fucking do with it? What are you going to mm. do with it?" All you want to do see? is carry on watching fucking Jeremy Clarkson making witless and fucking cliched gags about Mexicans. That's all you want it for. That's not important. Yeah. What's important is the way we all live together as people, as a society and a community, right? Like you said, yeah. progress is what's important, right? Who says what on fucking Twitter is a massive irrelevance. Great. Jalapeño. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Jalapeño. Anyway, okay. mailbag. Yeah, it's talking about Jeremy Clarkson being rude about Mexicans. I've got I've got to diss that one here to read out. <laughs> <laughs> As we pointed out in, uh, I think it was yesterday's episode uh, or the Friday episode, everything we say, don't forget, is underpinned by hypocrisy, ignorance, bitterness and insecurity. And that's very, we must always reiterate that whenever we've gone on a rant. That's where we start from and we don't really progress. That's where we start from, from that's where we end from. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've read this one. Maybe I have. I don't know. Remind us if I have. It's from Dave Allen. Uh, It's from Croatia, 2019. Uh, a group of us hired a speedboat and crew for a day out around the islands off the coast of Split. After lunch, I found myself at the front of the boat with a 17-year-old captain stroke driver. 17, yay. Mm. We were leaving the harbour via a different route that we'd taken in. I looked ahead and saw a very low bridge looming into view. The captain could sense my unease and said, They say we're not allowed out this way. My boat is too big. <laughs> <laughs> with this, he opened the throttle and accelerated towards the bridge. I closed my eyes expecting there to be an imminent decapitation with the 17-year-old's head landing in my lap. We made it under the bridge with centimetres to spare. He turned and smiled at me with a look which basically said, K. 
calm down English you worry too much <laughs> that's that's a typical this and that thing they wouldn't they, yeah. there'll be some kind of health and safety thing that looks potentially lethal which yeah. they've got planned yeah and they'll do, do that just to shit you right up I went on a um, boat tour I went I was at, in uh, Lake Como in Italy about 11 years ago 10 years ago and mm. you could you could pay like some geezer but he was actually not Italian he was Serb right okay. and uh, and you know with Serbs they're one of those peoples that you fear right because mm. you always look at a fir- Serb and you think you've seen things maybe you've done mm. things mm. you are from a whole yeah. different world to me I'm from merry old your, England. Your, your your country's recent history is checkered and dark. I'm from merry old England, <laughs> where the biggest cause of social the biggest cause of social division is is someone once calling someone a bigot, right? Whereas <laughs> you are from a place where there is very real threats and dangers every day. Anyway, I uh, his name was Igor. I remember because it's a funny name. And yeah. we were out on the on the lake one day on this speedboat, and he was whizzing us about. And we saw a light aircraft flying overhead, and we knew that you could take in the nearby town. You could pay if you had a provisional license. Well, we found this out us, but we knew that they were charging people to go for flights in the light aircraft and letting you fly it. And yeah. we saw it buzzing over the horizon, and it was getting lower and lower. And the buzz of the engine started to drift downwards, like like it was dying out. And Igor just looked around casually and I went, is that plane all right? And he said, it's going down. And I reckon about 200 yards from us, the plane went nose first, like a belly flop, directly into the fucking lake, right? (laughs) And and it sunk in seconds. It disappeared in seconds. And the whole lake, it sent ripples, big waves out through the whole lake under our boat. I was with my niece, my brother, my niece, who was probably about seven and mm. my maybe younger and my uh, wife. And um, my niece was like, what happened? What happened? And Igor just whizzed off. Right. And uh, we went, oh, it's fine. He'll be fine. And when we and Igor was sort of laughing. And when we got back and she was out of earshot. I said, what's happened? Immediately, there was a huge operation of boats, like police, mm. what I assume ambulance, buzzing from every side of the lake in towards where the accident happened. And we just disappeared because we didn't want to see him. We especially didn't want my niece to yeah. see. But Eagle was like, ah, he's dead now, right? Because me and my brother were like, what happened? What happened? He went, they're dead now. And I said, what? And he was, of course, dead. Straight in. He goes, they're not drowned. He goes, when they hit it, the fuselage um, break and smash straight up into their face, kill them instantly, right? Oh, and I was fucking hell, you know a lot about it. And he goes, happened three, four times every summer. He goes, the stupid Whoa. bastards in the town. If you have provisional license, they let you fly plane. He goes, you Fuck. have provisional flight, you get provisional license after three fucking lessons, right? Fucking hell. And he said it happened all the fucking time. But me and my brother and my wife, as he told us this, our faces went you know, white, white as sheets. We were mm. like, fucking hell, we just saw a plane crash and someone die. And he loved it, Igor. He's like, ha, ah, you're English. You're so scared. <laughs> you're so worried about everything. Why are you worried? It's not you. You know, man? No, I didn't know him. Why are you scared then? Come on. You're in Italy. The sun's shining. It's nice time. The war is over. Igor happy every day. Plane, plane didn't hit boat? What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. 
And um, the other thing about that was, do you remember I told you the wonderful story about the pizzeria that I saved with my guide to Lake Como? Yeah, yeah, of course. In the, in the same article, I it was recommendations for things that people could do on a budget, and the pizzeria was one of them. And mm. another one was go on Eagles boat tours. I didn't mention the plane crash. Oh. I just went go on Eagles boat tours. And about a year later, the following summer, good 10 months after the article had been published, right, the Guardian get in touch with me and say that they've received emails and phone calls to their office from a Mr. Igor in Lake Como, right? Livid because I had listed his prices as 15 euros, right, for a boat ride. And he was trying to charge the richer American tourists like 50 euros or whatever. And they were turning up with their printouts and Mark going, it says right here, $15. And he's got price go up. Uh, where you hear fifteen dollars? They go right here on this guardian. I go, what is guardian? Ah, oh, Sam Delaney. I'm not happy with him. I call guardian now. And he's fucking. He was livid about it. I was like, well, he charged yeah. me fifteen. What am I supposed to do? So he had a sliding scale according to the, whichever the client he had on he, the board. He would have taken a look at me and thought, ah, yeah. poor rich man, <laughs> poor yeah. fucking English man. Look at him. Look in his flip flops. <laughs> Dickhead. Fifteen dollars. <laughs> I get fifteen dollars out of him. Maybe if he's lucky, that, get to see plane crash, liven things up a bit. <laughs> that that um, that Guardian piece might be the most significant thing you've ever written. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I think it is. I'm actually going to look it up and look at some of the other things because there's like, say, 10 recommendations, yeah. and I think each one of them has a little story now behind it. Yeah. One we'll, day I'll, we'll do them. One we'll, day we'll I'll go revisit. Back to each of them. I'd love to go back there. Honestly, I would say it's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Honestly, it's we'll, mind-blowingly we'll beautiful. We'll get a film crew and we'll go back and do a where are they now. I'll revisit the each of the feet. sites and yeah. I will end up dead because someone, whether it's Igor or someone who I hadn't like accounted for, will be furious because yeah. that article, it might have even caused like w- local wars in the community Possibly. between different yeah. restaurants and stuff. Anyway, I tell you what, I got a Listen. huge response from yesterday's episode, and I put a bit about him in the newsletter as well. Krampus. What's that? Krampus. Yeah, we haven't Krampus. had such a reaction to anything in a long time. We Krampus this- is coming. I'm telling you, Krampus is coming to Britain. It's only a matter of time. Let him come. I've given him fair warning Bring now. Him on. Yeah. Um, I've put the warning in writing. We've had a lot of messages. Andrew Williams has got in touch, and the message mm. is titled, Check out this Dutch Christmas cunt. Sounds intriguing. He's written, in brief, Father Christmas lives in Madrid. He travels with a gang of blokes in blackface and kidnaps naughty kids in sacks. And then he sent a link. Well, obviously, I've clicked on the link. So here's a bit more detail if you want it. For most children in the Netherlands, the most important day during December is the 5th of December when St. Nicholas brings them their presents. Weird. Fucking Dutch. Hey, come on. We're not going to wait till the 25th like those square English guys. Come on, kids. You want it early? How about 20 fucking days early? Get it now. <laughs> I'll give you a person's 20 days early. That's right. It's a bunch of fucking weed and dildos. Come on. Chill out. We're in Holland. St. <laughs> Nicholas Day is on the 6th of December. But in the Netherlands, the major celebrations are held on the 5th. St. Nicholas Eve. The name Santa Claus comes from the name Sinterklaas. It all starts on the second Saturday in November. Fucking hell, they get started early, don't they? When Sinterklaas travels... Christmas starts November the first day and out, doesn't it? (laughs) To a city or town in the Netherlands. Dutch tradition says that St. Nicholas lives in Madrid, Spain, and every year... Where'd they get that from? I would say that's one of the least likely places for him to live. 
Definitely. I mean, if you're not, say, in Lapland or Greenland, any of those other usual places, the North Pole, yeah. you usually would think of him coming from an Alpine-type setting, wouldn't you? Definitely, yeah. But not Madrid. Anyway. It's fucked I, up, this. I can't see him in those fucking clothes year-round in Madrid. It's too fucking hot. Um, Dutch tradition says he comes from Madrid. Every year he chooses a different harbour to arrive in the Netherlands. Keep on fucking guessing, see? <laughs> no point. If you turn up at the same one every year, they're fucking onto you. I operate more like a up, pirate. I might turn up the middle of the night as well. Just fucking sleep with one eye open, cunts. <laughs> so he uses a different port each time, so as many children as possible get a chance to see him. Sinterklaas travels with his servants. <laughs> He's got servants. servants. I mean, that sounds a bit troublingly like slavery to me. Called yeah. Zvata Peten, Black Peters. Oh, my God. Jesus when Christ. Klaus and the Black Pe- when Sinterklaas and, and the Black Peters come ashore from the steamboat, all of the local church bells ring in celebration. Sinterklaas, dressed in his red robes, leads a procession through the town, riding on a white horse. Every town in the Netherlands has a few Sinterklaas helpers, dressed the same as Sinterklaas, who help give the presents out. And sometimes you might uh, see one or more Zwalterpeten with Sinterklaas. Children told that Zvalta Peten keeps a record of all the things they've done in the past year in a big book. Good children, I've got my fucking big book here. Let's have a look at what you've been up to. Good, that licks his thumb to turn the first page. Oh, no, it don't look good for you, cunts. Good children will get presents from Sinterklaas, but bad children will be put in a sack and the Zvalta Peten take them to Spain. Worst fucking punishment uh, for us Dutch. For us Dutch, the worst punishment you can have is to go to Spain. Very hot. It's bad for us, bad for our... Uh, we got a pretty pale complexion. A lot of us look like, uh, you know, what's his name? Ronald Koeman. <laughs> kind of redhead, very pale skin. Um, or Kevin De Bruyne. Can you imagine Kevin De Bruyne in Madrid in the summer months? It's bad. Scratching around trying to find the shade. So we've we've got it's quite a wide divide. Then we've got either nice presents or child trafficking. Yeah, uh, he goes. Great. So yeah, he turns up. He, I suppose if he's from Madrid, he's sort of like a this and that. Uh, Father mm. Christian goes, "Hey, hello." He goes, hey, "Hey, English, you've been good. That's great. I bring you presents from Spain. You've been bad. These guys, Black Peter, they put you in a fucking sack and take you back to my fucking <laughs> hideout, to my rig in in Madrid." <laughs> Yeah. Very hot there. You're not going to like it at all. But you should have thought of that when you were naughty. They're told that during the night, Sinterklaas rides on the roofs on his horse. Fuck me. Rides around on the roofs <laughs> of Dutch people on his horse. And that Zwarte Piet will then climb down the chimney or through a window and put the presents or candy in their shoes. In many families... Um, Oh yeah, I, but sorry, I didn't miss. I missed out a little bit of of what it said about in Madrid. Mm. They'll put the Zvarta Peter will put them in the sack, take them to Spain for a whole year to teach them how to behave. Yeah. But like it's like yeah. a, it's like a rehabilitation centre for naughty Dutch kids in Spain. Yeah, in many families, children told Sinterklaas and Zvarta Pete make a weekly visit, so the children leave their shoe by the fireplace or window every Saturday until the main Sinterklaas party on fifth of December. The evening of fifth of December is called Sinterklaas Eve. Um, the children will receive the presents during the evening. There might be a knock at the door and you might find a sack full of presents. Knock, knock. <laughs> Fucking hell. hell. That, this is terrifying. So, we are finding out so much. I mean, earlier on, 
and uh, someone else got in touch on Twitter. Loads of people have been in touch about various different mad um, Santa, yeah. uh, Father Christmas and um, what's his name? What's his name? The baddie? Um, Krampus. 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 And there's a guy in one of the countries who lives in the Czech Republic, right? And he said, Dobry Dan, he said that um, they sometimes turn up with in the Czech Republic with... Oh, yeah, here we go. Here is Here in the Czech Republic, parents actually book a squad of Santa, Krampus, mm. and, you'll like this bit, two angels, brackets, who are usually quite fit. Oh. And they come to the door and frighten squad. the shit out of the kids, right? You get a squad of, oh, yeah, no, I'm a bit late this year. you still got any availability on a Christmas squad to scare the kids with. <laughs> yeah. No, I want the full package, Santa, Krampus, yeah. and two angels. Make sure they're fit ones and all. At least... At least two angels, something for the dads to look at while it's all going off. <laughs> I'll take more angels if you got them. <laughs> must be a right rush to all the agencies. So, so what we've learned then, what we've learned from all of this, is that Christmas abroad is taken far more seriously. There's a lot more jeopardy in it for the kids. Mm. Because if you haven't behaved, you know, you're in a sack and you're off to Madrid. So it encourages <laughs> better behaviour. Christmas in Britain, where we don't have Krampus has yeah. led to a culture of spoilt entitlement. Turbo consumerism. Where we've got a prime minister who, who thinks it's fine to take a phone off a journalist and stick it in his pocket. So I think the message here is fucking bring on Krampus and bring him on now. You could be right. I mean, the indulgence upon kids. I mean, it's really boring. We've fallen into, fallen into such a cliche of constantly talking, my <laughs> wife and I, to each other, about how much more our kids get at Christmas mm. than we got when we were kids. And that's, yeah. you really fucking think yourself as an old cunt when you start doing that, don't you? But we yeah, really that do was it. All done it. The, the um, advent calendar situation in my house this year mm. is so over the top. And no mm. one is responsible for this other than me, by the way, that I have been <laughs> scared. To te- I've been scared to tell you, Andy. I wanted, <laughs> I nearly told you. And then I thought, Andy will disapprove of the advent calendars that I've bought so deeply, I can't mm. even tell him. Sam, and you know tell me it. I've told you most things, haven't I? Even the things yeah. that I know that you'll disapprove of. But this tell is... Tell me it. Right, I got my daughter, and I've got to be fair to my kids, they didn't ask or lobby for this. I did it because it was a moment of madness, and mm. I suppose, I don't know, I'm trying to buy their love, I don't know. But uh, I bought them both £20 advent calendars. That's right, 40, okay. 40 quid in total. Yeah. One is I've, done this, I've done this in the past. My boys had match attacks ones in the past. I've okay, done this. all right, all right, so all right. That's See, all right. This is what I was about. I thought you'd be like, mate, you're out of control. <clears throat> no, no, it, it's um, how it is. The, the, the girl's got a Nivea one, and each day yeah. there was a different Nivea product. Today it was hand yeah. cream. I think we've um, had that in the past as well, gel, yeah. Et cetera, yeah. Et cetera. And the boy has got a uh, Marvel superhero one. And there's a yeah. miniature Marvel hero, the ones with the big heads in every yeah. fucking door. That's okay. fine. That's all okay. right. All right. Is that well, it? And, and there's, a, there's a chocolate one as well, is there? No. With chocolate behind the doors. There's no, no. chocolate. That, I must say, that was the <clears> only <throat> positive thing that I was thinking of. I didn't want to get them chocolate ones. But then I was yeah. trying to remember what sort of advent calendar we had when we were kids. 
and there wasn't even wasn't chocolate, chocolate ones, and they didn't no, exist. I'm not saying oh, we couldn't picture, afford one, wasn't it? I just don't think they. It was a picture, and the thing was, yeah. the treat was on the 24th. Whereas now, on the 24th, fuck knows what will be in my fucking kids' ones. I mean, like a lump of gold or something like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you opened the one on the 24th when we were kids, and it was just a picture of the nativity scene, and it was, it was a bit a big bigger picture, than the others. Wasn't it? And I'm not even religious, right? <laughs> we were raised as atheists, and I would be. Fucking yes, look at that. It's the fucking it's, manger, right? There's a light the fucking cut. There's a golden light fucking <laughs> shining out the fucking manger. <clears throat> the three wise men are there. The fucking shepherds, Joseph and Mary, the donkey. This is fucking great. This has made my Christmas Eve. And I, and I got to open a double door to get a look at it as well. Fucking double, double door. door. Dreamland. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> it's a fucking picture. A shit drawing of a baby yeah. that never existed. Yeah, that's a story of Christmas for you. So there we are. That's it from this one. We'll be back. You'll, you'll get a, a nine-month-old Kane Odyssey tomorrow if you're not a member of the Iron Fan Society. If you are a member of the Iron Fan Society, you will get uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not episode, and then on Thursday you'll get a Melchester Odyssey episode, neither of which will be available if you're a freeloader. So, you know. So I think here, on, it? it's Christmas. Make your choices. It's Christmas. You love us. We are indifferent to you. Yeah. Pay three pound a month. It's a very small amount of money and get a load of free extra content. Top flight time machine every day. What else are you going to fucking do? Do you know what I mean? Listen to... waiting for Krampus. Yeah. Fern Cotton's happy place. This is the only fucking happy place you need, cunts. Anyway, TTFN. Just rest. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.